And welcome back to Fully Equipped. Jonathan Wall here from Golf.com, joined as always by Andrew Tursky from Golf.com and True Specs, Chris McCormick. Guys, we're last week we were all together. This week we're in all different parts of uh, of the U.S. This is a, this feels a little bit more normal to me. I'm not I'm not used to, to hanging with you guys in person. Miss you guys. Yeah, this is this is definitely yeah, much more typical for us. Yeah, yeah. I'm in New York. Is, Turski's out yeah, somewhere beautiful. You're, you're, at the you're US in another air, airport terminal. You're in an airport terminal. Uh, let's let's yet, clarify yet that. Airport. Yeah, yeah yet yeah. another airport. This is, this is a running theme here. It's U.S. Open week. There's a lot going on from Tory. Turski went out to Tory. He's actually sitting. I can see the uh, that sweet California sunshine behind you. <laughs> so we'll we'll get uh, we'll get a little bit on on all the gear changes. There's a lot going on as you'd expect. But let's get into Tory. I know that you guys are looking forward to it as much as I am. We're going to see some, some golfers get bludgeoned to death, I think. Maybe, hopefully. What do you think? This rough is crazy out here. It is brutal. Like, I know we get all the, uh, the videos of the golf balls getting thrown into the rough. I mean, it's just standard. It's U.S. Open. That's going to happen. But <laughs> I've never seen rough this thick, seriously. It's spotty. It's a little bit spotty, so it's kind of like playing roulette with these guys off the tee. Like, you kind of just don't know what you're going to get. But if you hit it in the wrong spot, you're not advancing it anywhere. Like, I don't even know if I could get a lob wedge on the ball, seriously. So, um, guys are definitely making switches just because of that rough. I know we're going to get into it in a little bit. Uh, J-Wall just walked off camera, but we, <laughs> we are going to talk about a bunch of 7-woods, 9-woods going in. Um which really isn't too surprising. We've kind of been covering that. We've been doing the uh, the high lofted fairway wood segments for a while, and it's kind of all meeting out ahead right now because guys are requesting them by the dozens. All the all the tour reps, they're all saying how many seven woods, how many nine woods they're building for this week. So it'll be uh, it'll be pretty interesting to see how many ended up going to play. Chris, have you tried out any uh, seven woods, nine woods recently? Recently, no. I I have dabbled in the in the seven wood arena multiple times, and for whatever reason, it never stays in the bag. I always hit them well. I like the launch. I like the spin. I like the control. And then this whole ego thing gets in the way, and the seven wood comes back out of the bag, and I replace it with another club I can't hit. Pisses me off. Seven wood comes back. It's just a vicious cycle. It's like emotionally eating. Alice Cooper doesn't have that problem. I don't want to spoil too much, but we did play with him. No, the other he day. is. He zero, is not shy. Zero irons. Yeah, in the he bag. is. He is not shy about a bag full of head covers. He loves it. Yeah, his pitching wedge is literally a fairway wood. So, 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 what are we thinking for for winning score? Are we going to finally see another U.S. Open with with an over par winning score? What do you think? Nope. Think it's will be under. I think, I think it's going to be like seven, eight under. Yeah. I don't think the greens. I don't think the greens are really cooking that that fast. Don't, uh, based don't, don't on get them there. talking to a couple players, I know, but they're only running at like an eleven right now. That's disappointing. Just based on what guys are saying. So, um, if they're not going to cook, if they're not going to get really baked out, they're saying that the greens are pretty receptive, so they might be hitting a lot of greens. But as they get baked out, I mean. U.S. Open, so coming out of rough, you're not going to be able to hold the greens, and it's obviously really long. It's playing what 7,600, I think. What's What's your number, yeah. Tursky? You taking 7, taking seven or eight? What do you think? 
I'm taking eight. I'll take eight. Jay Wall. I'll take. I'll take. Uh, man, I really want to say over par, but now Turski's making me second guess myself. I'll. I'll probably say. Uh, I'll say three under. Three under. All right. I'm. I'm gonna go only, the. Only uh, because the greens are slow. I'm gonna go Price is Right status. I'm gonna go right under Turski. I'm gonna say seven. Say seven under. That's dirty. That is dirty. So anything, anything like eight it. and low is a winner for me. Um, all right. So, so we we put our put our winning scores there. Everybody's a little bit all over the board. Who who do you have winning? Uh, I'll just go first. I'm taking Webb Simpson. I think this is a going to be a grinder's golf course. I think a guy that hits fairways and greens. He's still. I mean, he's not one of the longest guys on tour, but. I think he's still going to be able to get it around there and make some birdies on on the par fives. He's already won a U.S. Open before. He won, he won it at Olympic, which was one of the toughest U.S. Open tests. So I, he's kind of a boring pick, some people would say. But but yeah, I'll go with I'll go with Webby. I'm going to take new friend of the program, Willie Z. Willie. Willie Zalatoris. Z. There you go. He's he already going with the tri- He's the already going with the trilly. The trilly. Like, come on, man. All right, keep going. Continue. Continue. Listen, he hasn't finished outside of the top ten yet in a major. He's bound to win. He's super confident right now. He stripes the ball. He's got the arm lock putter going, which we're gonna get into later with him. Willie Z for the win. That's right. Dub Z. We uh we'll we'll just we'll, why not why not just tease it right now, Tursky, who do we have on the pod this week for an interview? I think they could tell from what I was saying, but we do have Willie Z on the podcast. You're a little too excited. You were a little too excited. Let's put it that way. When when Will's out tour showed up on 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 the Zoom call, Tursky was uh, Tursky was pumped. It was like like meeting one of his idols. <laughs> Chris, who do you like? Uh, I am actually going to go with somebody I haven't picked for a tournament, let alone a major. I'm going Tommy Fleetwood this week. Yeah, I like that a lot. Actually, Ooh. I think I'm, I think he's I'm got go he's got to win one major in his career. That that with that swing, he, he should have been winning more than he's won, you know, worldwide. But um, yeah, I like I like those picks. Zalatoris, eh, Fleetwood. Wow. Sure. Yeah. Now 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 that I say we'll that Zalatoris is gonna is gonna wax the field. So but he Are was a good interview. Something this on this? Are we putting a bet bet down on this? Why What's not? We, well, last time we did Masters, it was it was high finish, and both of our picks ended up tied. I took Scheffler, literally you took tied, Morikawa, yeah. literally tied. So yeah, I mean, well, I'll I'll say Webb. You want to put Zalatoris? Chris has got Fleetwood. I'll put I I think I actually had the the Masters win with uh, Louis Oosthuizen for high finish. I think you are right. Yeah. You, but see, you weren't you weren't part of the bet. You, now, now you are. You're you're part of this one. Is that that was a okay. mono Now, now I is, get to be yeah, part. Now of you it. get to be a part of it. I take you guys to play golf with uh-huh. Alice Cooper. Yep. Now I get to be uh, part of the bet. Of course, I see. Of course. All right. We'll, All right. We'll, we'll let you in on any of these little side actions from here on out. That's the ace All in the right, hole. It's easy to make picks when you have nothing riding on it. <laughs> I, I get it. Let's put a it. let's put I'm, an ad read on the line. Whoever finishes high has to do the ad reads for the next episode. <laughs> Great. <laughs> All right, whoever, whoever finishes highest is enough to do the ad read. That that sounds wonderful. All future sponsors are going to be uh, going. Yeah, awesome. These guys are super pumped to be working with us. Yeah, but we're we're going to do that. Let's just let's just I love all our sponsors. Right we do we do too. Is, does right. produ- producer Mark have a uh, have a pick here for the 
for the ad read uh, wager? His silence tells you that he's taking nobody. No, I mean, I just, I'm just hesitating because I don't want to agree with Tursky. That's what I'm saying. Stop Stop Let's it. go. All nice right. pick, producer yeah. Mark. All right. All right, all right, all right. Well, okay. Smart there, man. Those, those are our picks. Um, I'm sure that's what everybody came for were our, our picks, not the gear topics. And obviously, Tursky's out at Tory, so we got to get – we got to get the gear news. What's going on from Tory? There are a bunch of big names that might be making changes. Yeah, when you were, uh, I don't know what you were doing. I think you are going to answer the doorbell. We talked about seven woods and nine woods. Bubba, Bubba Watson's thrown in the nine wood. Um, I basically probably won't got be the only 90, guy. Yeah, I got 99% confirmation on that one. Um, I was just talking to uh, JJ from Titleist. Adam Scott's playing with four fairway woods this week. He's going driver, three wood, 13 and a half degree, four wood, and seven wood. You got to love that from Adam Scott. I love Scott. it. I love it. Um, in other Titleist news, I uh, saw Billy Horschel's bag. He has some of the coolest custom ground Titleist go, irons. Go check out those on, on our Instagram page. Tursky posted a photo that he took at Fully Equipped Golf. Those irons looked amazing. There's actually an interesting story behind it, too. So there's so much lead tape on there that I think he might be the new king of lead tape, surpassing Scott Piercy. They look a whoa, lot like whoa, Scott Piercy specials. That's, that's, a bold, that's a bold statement to make, but continue. Did you see the photo? I did see the photo. The photos? But, but, that's a yeah. lot of lead tape on there. That is a lot of lead tape. I would agree. But uh, so he was trying to change, like, the bounce and offset of his irons. So J.J. had him bend the irons four degrees weak. And he ground off a bunch of the a bunch of the bounce, and so each iron is basically it's basically like soft stepped. So his eight iron is actually like a seven iron, or do I have that backwards? He took four degrees off. Chris is Chris is nodding nodding his head. Continue. Yeah, it, you're you're right. You're right. Okay. So he took four degrees off. So now seven iron is down to down to eight iron. He took four degrees off. They. Sh- they shaved off the numbers and they re-stamped the numbers on there. So you could see in the photo that, like, you know, it should be a pitching wedge, but it has nine written on there. I don't know if Billy knows that or not. I don't know if it was, like, a mind trick that they kind of played on him, but they're four degrees different than stock, which is pretty interesting. Um, I, I think we should add a disclaimer in there. Uh, do not try this at home. Uh, no, I saw Chris's face. I saw Chris's face as, as you were telling this, and his eyes kind of, like, lit up and – uh, I, I imagine that was what was going through his mind was don't don't try and do a DIY and don't know that's that's a bad idea. Yeah, uh, we'll stick with Titleist. Um, Jordan Spieth also possibly using a seven wood. I think that's more of like a fifteen percent switch. Like no one's quite sure whether Spieth is going to switch or not because you know sometimes he'll have Titleist build up a hybrid or a special fairway wood and not actually make the switch, but. It kind of seems like it's more likely that Spieth is going to throw in that seven wood. Um, kind of sticking with the tune of the week. It's just everyone's uh, changing into these high lofted fairway woods. And then Justin Thomas, he's changing into his backup putter. So it's the same um, Futura type X5 putter that he's been playing forever, but it's actually a backup with a smooth face. And it's kind of got a matte look on it. 
All right, and sorry for that brief pause. Tursky is having some technical difficulties from Tori. I think that's what happens when you're sitting on a hill somewhere overlooking the ocean. That cell signal probably goes in and out. Just a guess. Gotta love technology. It's great when it works. It's great when it works. Yeah, yeah. So he, he mentioned some of the more interesting, you know, obviously there, there are more changes going out on out this week at Tory. Another one that I think is, is worth mentioning and this kind of will then get into another topic I wanted to discuss. Oh, there he is. He's back. Phone overheated. It's too, too oh. sunny out here. In oh. San Diego. <laughs> His phone overheated. We thought we just thought it was like poor cell signal. That's uh that's even better. I don't want your phone internally combusting before you head back on the road. So, all right, you, you were talking about JT's putter. You said he was going to his backup, but it has a smooth face, you were saying? Smooth face on it, yep, instead of the milling marks. I'm being a little bit That's more interesting. Is there anything behind it? The media center. No, it was just yeah. his backup. Yeah. He was messing around at home, and he decided to throw it in. He likes the feel. That's it. It's, like so, a, it's basically a replica. It's like just a little bit more matte, the color. It's not shiny. Okay. Interesting. I want. I, I do wonder how much, how much of it was feel, you know, going from going from the milling marks to, to the smooth face. That's the same. You know, Tiger uses his Newport too, has the smooth face. I know there's some other pros that have used used smooth face putters in the past. Um, I know Ricky Fowler has a backup that has the smooth face. But you know, again, these tour pros, they they can they can sense things, and sometimes it's worth making a change. Maybe it's really that. Maybe it's placebo. But that's that's one of the more under-the-radar ones, I would say. I have a feeling this is one of those things where it's like if he doesn't tear it up on the greens on Thursday, Friday, the gamer's going to be back in the bag. Gamer go back in. Yeah. yeah I could see Yeah, it. it didn't seem like a confident yeah. switch based on what, what yeah. I was uh, talking to Drew Page about. Did you see uh, the still Tursky did? I'm asking more Chris. Did you see Sergio? And DJ both with LAGP shafts. At least they were testing them. I saw in in, in their putters. So that's that's got to be an interesting development. Yeah, we're seeing just more and more of these things week after week after week start popping up. And we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to get some to do some do some testing. I know Tursky has the, the Bryson putter, but we're gonna get it done. We have to. It's it's a, it's a thing now. We'll get it done. No one knows what putter. No, no one knows what putter uh, Dustin's going to be using this week. He's got about six in his bag from what what I saw yesterday. So it if could you're be if you're a betting man, what would you what are you going to say? What's where, where are you putting it? You going Spider? You going TB Bandon? I think he's probably going to play the Bandon, but he was also testing a blade putter too. So oh, shocker! Yeah. A blade putter answer yeah. style. Wow, I'm <laughs> I'm floored. It's either it's either Spider. Or an answer style, and then now you throw in the the kind of winged TP Bandon one, kind of a number seven head style. Yeah, it, <laughs> he's going to test a lot of putters, but but they're it's very predictable. DJ, you can usually pop the head cover open and know it's either going to be an answer or a mallet. Mallet. Those aren't like spider. small decisions to make. Like people usually have really small differences between like very similar head styles. But he has completely different head styles with, like, different necks on there. Who knows what Dustin's doing on the greens, man. Yeah. Well, we know yeah. we know it's going to be a tailor-made putter. That's a fact. <laughs> well, thank you. That's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I love right, that interview answer. <laughs> okay, so Xander's putter. 
Did you see this on uh, Instagram, guys? A slab of lead, the, lead tape. It is the smoothest application of lead tape I've ever seen. And I went up to Joe Tula on the Odyssey rep, and I was like, hey, man, like, what, what's the deal on that? How'd you get it so smooth? He's like, I don't know why people care so much about how smooth it looks. It's like, yeah, it's smooth. I did it with a razor. <laughs> so the, the trick is That's to why. apply it with a razor. Um, I guess Xander... He was a little upset with how, like, the spin was coming off of the face. So they wanted to get that CG lower, um, which they did. They applied about 30 grams of lead tape on there, got the CG low, and they also made a little loft switch. And they lofted. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. They did a bunch of stuff with the uh, changing out, like, the internal adjustable weights. Um, and he also switched loft, too. He went down, down in loft, trying to get some more top spin on it. But he is still in the arm lock. And he still has the Odyssey number seven CH, the red one. I'm not. I'm not surprised that he is kind of dialing in this putter. You know, the the fact that he's stuck with the same head and is making adjustments on the fly. You kind of had to figure that that he would still keep trying to find a way to to get that that roll consistent. So, mm-hmm. not not a huge surprise. Although I, I will say that my eyes widened when when Tursky passed along that picture of the soul of the putter I mean it's it is for for a guy with OCD I'm impressed with with the the level of detail on on how they got it shaped with the lead tape all the way around the bottom of the sole but it's it's definitely caked on there razor blade yeah you can't even tell like where the lead tape was actually applied it looks so smooth someone said on our Instagram it it looked like sheet metal I was like yeah yeah that's pretty spot on Hashtag like Slab City for all the Instagram followers. That's right. That's right. It is, it is a massive slab. All right. We got some putter changes. There's another change. This isn't new, but but it is it is an interesting one. And it's a story that I think is, you know, again, it's a major week. Everybody's looking at the tournament, not really kind of the secondary, secondary stories out there. But Dustin Johnson, we talked about this. It could happen. He signs a partnership agreement with LA Golf. What, what were your initial thoughts when, when you heard DJ was signed with LA Golf? I was like the least surprised person of all time. We've been talking <laughs> about this for like two months in where there's smoke, there's fire. And here's the fire, officially a partnership with LA Golf. And I don't think uh, any of us on this show are surprised. No, we, we, we definitely talked, talked it up. In, in kind of the where there's smoke, there's fire. He went from, you know, the putter shaft. He's been testing the driver shaft going back to, I mean, I would say February. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of been a, a, sl- a slow moving process just to get DJ comfortable. But yeah, when he put both in play, even though he, uh, he pulled the putter out last week and went back to his spider with the, the, just the traditional step steel shaft, it's you know just the fact that he kept it in the driver made me feel like okay he's he's trying to make this work um and this is an interesting deal you know it's it's not it's not a traditional you know oem signing a tour pro this is a shaft manufacturer actually ponying up the money and making dj you know a part a part of the team for one but this isn't this isn't a standard like partnership because DJ is going to have like a vested interest 
in LA Golf. And oh, by the way, he's going to be on the board of directors. <laughs> what, is, what does that mean, though? I would like, love to know. I would love to know what that, what that means. means. I would love to know what that means. Uh, you know, I think, I think it's probably just to, to make it sound really cool because how many pros really get a chance to be on the board of directors for uh, for a you know equipment manufacturer? But I, I don't think we're gonna see like DJ making you know yearly stops and sitting in a boardroom and, uh, and trying and to like. No, no. I think he'll probably Crunch send a proxy. spreadsheet numbers. Yeah. That would be great. Somebody posted a, a really funny, a really funny uh, photo on because I, I tweeted this out about DJ signing with LAGP, and it was <laughs> somebody said that he's he's going to end up sending Austin. He's going to be like, oh, sorry, can't make it. I'm going to send send Austin in my in my place. <laughs> it was just the the photo that they posted uh, was was hilarious. Um, yeah, but it's it is so so the deal is interesting for one because because of the fact that DJ has a vested interest now in in LAGP, he's playing the shaft, he's on the board of directors, but as as a major shareholder for the for the company, he actually isn't the first guy to be a major shareholder. Um, and when I say the first guy, I mean like the first notable name. So the the other major shareholders that are already part of LAGP are Bryson. No surprise there because he's been playing LAGP. He plays LAGP throughout the bag. But, okay, that one makes sense. The, the next couple of names I'm going to read off are, are pretty interesting. Um, Amanda Balionis, who is who does interviews for CBS. Okay, so she's a major shareholder. Kelly James, who we've seen at tour events, he, you know, entertainer, the dude can just drop some serious lyrics when he's on the tee talking about guys, just, just giving him, I mean, I mean, he, he does a really good job of really giving guys a hard time when they're on the tee. Uh, That's the freestyle guy? Of, the freestyle guy. When he, the freestyle, okay. Kelly James. Um, Duck Commanders. Bars. Yeah. Duck Commanders, Willie Robertson. <laughs> Duck Commander. Interesting one. And then you also have Marucci Sports CEO, Kurt Ainsworth. So it's, it's a pretty, like, eclectic mix of, of shareholders. So, again, I don't, I'm, I'm going to tr- try and get, like, a deeper dive on what exactly this means. I mean, everything that we've seen so far is just kind of what was released um, in, in a press release from yesterday. But we're, we'll we'll get a deeper dive. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to some of the some of the execs over at LAGP and try and, and get a bit better idea of kind of why like why sign DJ, why have Bryson, why not just see if they could just play your stuff long term without without one of these deals and, and the importance of it. But yeah, there there are some interesting names like non golf names that are that are part of the shareholder list. So I don't know. It's uh. Again, it's it's one it's one of the more interesting stories, kind of a secondary storyline this week. Um, actually, kind of surprised. I mean, I say I'm surprised that they actually announced it the week of the U.S. Open. I would have thought maybe they would have wanted to wait until a week where they were kind of the the big or one of the bigger gear stories. But you know, you've you've got a whole bunch of big ones. Obviously, this is a big one. The other big one I want to get into: Mini Driver, Thursky. 
There's that smile. <laughs> I know he's excited. I know he's excited. How could you not be, you know? Yeah. So seven woods, nine woods, but there is a chance that we could see more than one mini driver this week. So you got Phil. Phil's throwing in the new one. The, yep. He's, is, is he going to throw it in? I knew that he was testing it, but is he going to end up throwing it in the bag? I think he's like 95% sure that he's throwing that new one in. Yeah. Okay. So it's the TaylorMade. It's, it's the 300 mini driver. It's, it's based on kind of the OG 300 series driver line. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to be one of those clubs that will eventually make its way to retail. We'll have some more details on it when those are available. But a question that I got, oh, I should probably also mention DJ's testing it. That's kind of big news. There's a chance he, that might, he might throw it in the bag. He might really throw it in. Like, I think he's yeah. highly considering it. Yep. I remember when, when the SLDR mini driver came out back in, like, it was like 14, 15, and DJ tested it, and the only reason he didn't put it in the bag was, was because it went too far. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the problem with mini drivers in general is yeah. that they only go like 10 to 15 yards shorter than the driver. But yeah. regardless, I mean, I'm going to keep playing it. So. Oh, I know you will. You're, re you're ready for the new one. It gets me all jacked up that DJ's even considering yeah. it. Yeah. It, it, it'll be, it'll be an a interesting club for this week just because I think a lot of players might see the value in having something that goes a little bit shorter, but they can uh, you know, work a little bit more like a fairway would. But you know, one of the questions that I got on social media that I wanted Chris to kind of discuss was there were a lot of people saying, okay, one, I don't know what a mini driver is. And like two, what's the, what's the purpose of a mini driver? What kind of golfer would you say could benefit from using a club like this, Chris? So, I mean, definitely that, that niche market. So it's, it's not a club that's going to benefit every player that's out there. And you get those guys that just, for whatever reason or another, they hit fairway woods more consistently than they do drivers. Now, the mini driver is essentially a hybrid between those two clubs, the traditional fairway wood and then those oversized 460cc headed drivers. So you get something that has less loft than a fairway wood, more loft than a traditional driver, also wants to spin the ball a little bit more so now you gain a little bit more control and then you don't have that intimidation factor of a full 460 cc head sitting there in front of you so it's for a lot of players just a little more user friendly off the tee than something that is a full 460. i also like it like to think more than a fairway a wood because <laughs> yeah, i know i just i'm sorry i, I, I just like, had to say that I like the mini driver instead of a fairway wood because you can actually tee it up a little higher. It's got that deeper face, so you're not like basically hitting it off the deck, you know. So you have a little bit more insurance. Just one man's opinion. No, absolutely. Yeah. And visual perception is so unique to the player. And it, it, if some players like to tee it up a little higher, some players still tee it. I mean, just barely off the ground. I've seen it done all kinds of ways, and no wrong way of doing it versatile exactly i'd say i'd say it's versatile to to a point i i think the the drawback or at least i shouldn't maybe not maybe not the drawback but the one thing that i would caution golfers that might be considering this club is just 
it's great off the tee, but unless you're um, unless you're a really proficient player, I mean, I'm talking like single digit handicap who can maybe hit driver off the deck well. This is this is not a club you're really going to be able to hit off off of the ground as well as a traditional a traditional fairway would. It, I've. I've seen guys try it with, with a mini driver before. It's, it's not easy. You know, they've, they've made some changes to the sole and, and made it with less camber. So it's maybe a little bit easier to try and, and you know, pick it clean. But it's tough. It's, again, if better players, I wouldn't say you're not going to have a problem hitting it off the deck. But, you know, if, like, say, a 10 to 15 handicapper really likes the mini driver, just use it as your club off the tee and don't worry about, you know, having giving it another use it's it's there for a purpose it's there to help you hit fairways agreed so, yeah but it is i do i do think we'll see more than one um i think you know phil phil will be one guy but i do i think dj might use it it's with as as juicy as the rough is this week at tory i i think there's there's a good chance we could see a few guys who could find a benefit to, to throwing one of these in the bag i mean it's like a stroke penalty if you hit in the rough this week Unless you get really lucky with the spotty lie. Seriously. Yeah. You can't even see your foot I, when you're walking down. I think they're going to get a little bit lucky. Could you imagine if they were playing the U.S. Open without fans? Mm, I mean. I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, think, because think about, think about that, you know. It, I, still remember, <laughs> I still remember Jordan Spieth talking about it. Um, the one year that they played the U.S. Open, most recently when they played the U.S. Open at Marion. And he talked about being able to really just kind of hit it where you wanted because you got tiger lies. That's what he called them, tiger lies. And it's just where all the grass is trampled down. And so there's a pretty good chance if you kind of blow one out there to the left or the right, the grass isn't going to be as bad if you just miss it from where, if you just miss it off the fairway, it's probably going to be, you know, a, a penal miss. It, it wasn't as bad if you blew it really hard left or right. So I think maybe the fans will, will help a few people out this week. I liked uh, Bryson's quote. I got to catch up with him a little bit, talk some gear, talk some tech with him. And he was like, listen, no one's going to hit the fairway from 278 anyway. You might as well hit it 330 or 340, blow it down there, and hopefully you have a wedge in instead of like a 7-iron. Yeah. I like that opinion. Just bomb it, baby. Distance is definitely an advantage out there, that's for sure. Especially this week, I, w- I would say, more, more than most weeks. When you have, like, 515-yard par fours, a couple of them, that's, that's going to be a definite advantage if you can bomb it, you know, 330. And you, didn't, you mentioned that you had a chance to talk with Bryson. Is, is he going to make any changes this week to his setup, Tursky? I talked to him on Tuesday, which was uh, yesterday. And he was kind of between the rad speed, the old LTD driver, but he said he was getting like five or six heads sent in that he's going to test. So <laughs> he's always looking he for is. that hot driver. So you never know with uh, with Bryson with the driver, man. Yeah, it's going to be a game time decision that. as it is every week. I love that about Bryson. He he treats uh, the analogy that I made uh, in a story a couple months ago was he treats his driver heads like uh like a professional baseball player treats baseball bats you know if one bat isn't working just go grab another one see see if you can find a hot bat when you get all three drivers you can you have that luxury 
Well, you yeah, know? that that too. The the average golfer doesn't have the ability to just go, you know, grab a fresh head when when they don't think the one that they're currently using is is uh, has gone cold. But yeah, I do love that that he's got like five or six heads in his rotation, and he has them he has them label marked, so he knows like which is which, which I which I think is great. He does. I love that. Yeah, imagine yeah. like Joe the Muni golfer just going to uh, like Dick's and just buying seven identical heads just to find the hot one. <laughs> we don't suggest it. We don't suggest that on this show. Yeah, I mean, yeah. one guy walks in and says, yeah, I'd just like to buy seven drivers. Seven, all the same, <laughs> all nine degree heads and uh, and see, see which one works this week. Maybe a different one next week. Yeah, that's I, I don't know anybody else on tour who does anything close to that. You know, there are some guys that might, you know, fiddle around with their backup driver from time to time, but not, not six or seven heads. That's crazy excessive. So, all right. Well, we've kind of done the rundown on gear from Tori. Hey, we guys. You on Yeah, what's up? Um, you know, this is our first ever edition of breaking news to the podcast, but there's a big story. One hour ball. No, uh, uh, Golf Week is first Why reported Leonard? by them. Uh, the Tours Player Advisory Council re- uh, reportedly voted two weeks ago to ban green reading books for next year. Just want to get your initial reaction to yeah. that and uh, who you think that benefits the most. Yeah, I mean, I, I did. I saw this story right before we, we hopped on to record this week's pod. It, it certainly isn't a surprising one to me, and I'll, I'll – be interested to hear what you guys have to say i i kind of felt like this was going that direction you know you look at there are there are some pieces of gear you know we've we talked to to will zaltoris about it because he uses arm lock and he's not the one he's not the only guy who's had success with arm lock you look at green reading books um you know there there are certain things that i i believe give tour pros an edge that maybe they don't need you know, they're, they're the best in the world, and I think that they kind of need to, to prove that on a week-to-week basis. And one of the ways is, is how they read the greens. I mean, the books are kind of like a cheat code, in my opinion, especially if you're a good putter. So, yeah, I, I'm not surprised that they're going to pull them. You know, the Gusta already doesn't allow you to use green books. You just have to use your notes you take from year to year. Um, levels the playing field a bit. And I think it, it benefits – you know, it, it's kind of a boring answer, but I think it benefits the like the guys that are field putters, not not really focusing so much on, uh, you know, using like aim point or anything like that. I think the guys that are just really strong field putters, I, I think I think it gives them an advantage because now now they don't have to worry about the guys with green reading books. You know, maybe they're not a great putter, but maybe that's just a good combination for them. So. Yeah, I think I think the the guys that are just just out there trying to kind of see it and feel it and putt it, I think they're gonna they're gonna see a little bit of a bump. I love it for the reasons that you brought up. I mean, I think it benefits field players. It benefits guys who have really good caddies. Um, my concerns would be: is it gonna slow down the game? Because I know people are saying, you know, the green books slow slow it down, but. Think about the guys who aren't necessarily as good with reading putts, how much more time they're going to be taking. Not to get it twisted, I do love banning the green books. Um, And my number two concern would be they have access to those green reading books anyway. They just can't use it during the round, you know. 
So they're already gonna like have access. They're gonna be able to look at them during the practice rounds, and you're basically just taking them away for the tournament, um, which I get. But they're gonna know, like where the arrows are pointing, where the slopes are all at for each green, and for guys who have like better memories, they're gonna have the advantage. You know what I mean? That's the thing. You gotta have a good memory <laughs> if you're a short-term memory guy. So sorry. Yeah, Chris? I was kind of thinking it. Jay Wall kind of touched on it a little bit. I think the the analytical techie guy, especially the the new younger players coming up uh, that haven't become accustomed to the green reading book quite yet, are now going to adapt more to aim point like we kind of touched on or some variation or adaptation of a green reading system. I think we're going to see a little bit more of that out there now. I think it could be a little bit like what happened when when the – the USGA and the RNA banned the anchored putter. You know, we saw some guys that were, were pretty good putters. We saw them fall off for a little bit until they figured out a way to, to make it happen. And for a lot of them, it was to go to arm lock. I think we could see something similar like this. You know, tour players are creatures of habit. And if you're doing something well and you're using a green book as part of your process on the greens, I think if you remove that, even if you're giving guys the opportunity to use those books in practice rounds, when you do it in a game situation, I think it totally changes the way that they go about their process. So I, I think I think it's probably going to hurt some of those guys. Like as Chris mentioned, maybe a little more analytical, and uh, you know maybe it takes them a little bit of time to kind of change their process and, and get back to where they were if they can do that. I thought uh, so. Mark's per- I thought uh, Mark's breaking news was going to be that. Because I, I just saw a notification pop up on my phone that LaMelo Ball got Rookie of the Year. And I was like, snub of the century for, for Anthony Edwards. LaMelo played like I thought it was going to be like, you know, somebody from the Mets just went on the DL. Uh, that, was my, that was my guess. He was just coming in to do Why don't some, you knock do on wood? selfish break, breaking news. No, nah, I'm good. I'm a Texas Rangers fan, man. Wow. If you guys want something non-golf related, Chris Paul has entered the COVID protocol, just crushing the Suns' dreams. <laughs> it's been a weird 24 hours for, for the league. You got CP3, COVID protocol, Kawhi out for the rest of the playoffs. It's, uh, what do yeah, you do? He tore his ACL? Yeah, that's what they're saying. Mm. ACL, done. Pray for but, a quick uh, recovery. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it back on the rails here. Uh, okay, so we, we've talked gear changes for Tory, Mini Driver, DJ sign with LGP. I think it's only right that we get into this week's interview. Tursky, I'll let you do the honors. <laughs> Man, you, you got me looking like a Willie Z fanboy out here. Um, for sure. Yeah, so Willie Z actually knows his stuff when it comes to gear. He was part of the, uh, the Jordan Spieth iron testing where they got to test all the new irons. So they talked about that. He talked about that a little bit. Um, obviously, we get into arm lock and some more from, from Willie Z, what it was like playing in the Masters, actually competing on Sunday. Um, we talked about you know how nervous he actually was, what that experience was like. So pretty cool little interview here. Hope you guys enjoy it. Before we get to our interview with Will Zaltoris, we wanted to remind you that this episode is brought to you by GlobalGolf.com your online destination for the best selection of new and pre-owned clubs, tech, apparel, bags, shoes, and more. Their industry-leading try, trade, and buy program will help you play your best golf for less. Test equipment, range finders, and GPS for up to two weeks with Global Golf's U-Try program. 
take advantage of their proprietary trade-in and get top dollar for your equipment. Higher trade-in values means more cash to upgrade. Plus, save 10% on qualifying products with promo code GOLF10. Try trade and buy only at globalgolf.com. Promo code GOLF10. All right, well, I am pumped for this interview. I know he's not a, a fully Dallas guy. He wasn't born in Dallas, but but as a Dallas resident, it's always nice to have another Dallas guy on the pod. PGA Pro and rising star Will Zaltoris joined us on behalf of Gillette, which recently launched its new deodorant with a 72-hour sweat protection. Uh, Will, what was the importance of working with Gillette now? And I hear you and Max Homo are up to something on Instagram Live. What's that about? Yeah, so it's going to be super fun. I mean, uh, you know, obviously partnering with Max and Gillette, you know, Gillette's been heavily involved in the golf world for quite some time now. Um, you know, the new 72-hour protection, the 72 club, you know, our goal, some guys' goals in golf is to break par, some of us to get to par, some of us never even get close, but it's always about improving. Uh, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool program. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I was telling the, actually some guys earlier that, you know, when I sat down and turned pro at my age and asked me, what are some brands that you want to align with? And Gillette was one of them. So when this came across, I was super excited about it. You're going to definitely need some of that 72 hour protection playing Tory. I, I'm pretty sure the US, the USGA is going to be having it playing pretty beastly. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the USGA has no get up. So that's, that's about right. Yeah. Well, this is a gear podcast, so I'm going to start first things first with the U.S. Open. When you're talking about a major championship setup, how much are you adjusting your equipment for a major course versus, say, like week to week on the PGA Tour? Yeah, I think the big thing, uh, especially is to make sure that the wedges are sharp. You know, I try to replace, make sure I've got a 50 and a 55 degree that are probably within about a month old, and then having a 60 that I've replaced probably a week or two before I basically just kind of prime it a little bit and for the couple of days leading up and then get ready there. But really the only one that I think I'd really maybe change anything was if I was carrying a hybrid, which I don't anymore, I'd make sure that I had a long iron in the bag for the British. Um, you know, that is something that this week, uh, or I guess, I guess for the U S open, I may have to throw that hybrid in just in case, just cause the rough gets so thick out there. I mean, I, I have a hard time giving up on my three iron that I have. Um, I just, that thing is so nuclear that I just, I'll miss it. So we'll see, we'll see what happens, but I, I, putting that hybrid in, especially when you've got some five inch rough is, you know, it could be the difference of me laying up with a wedge and maybe knocking one on, on like uh, six. Yeah. Six of part five. Yeah. So I I know you probably can't tell us much of anything, but we saw on Title of Social account that you and Jordan Spieth were testing new Title of Irons. And I'm curious, what what's your iron testing process like when you're seeing new gear for the very first time? Yeah, you know, I think it's, um, you know, the details on irons, even though that, you know, when, you know, let's take blades, for example. I mean, everyone think of blades, you know, a blade is a blade is a blade, but the reality is like there's tiny changes that they make along the way. And it's not just aesthetics either. And so I first want to hear the descriptions and the changes that they've made. Um, you know, the second is really just, I want to make sure that the ball is coming out of the right windows, having the right spin, right launch parameters. And, you know, third is what's the turf interaction like, you know, how's it ripping through, you know, how's it ripping through the ground? Is it getting stuck? You know, are things, you know, like Jordan, for example, like he's had to have a custom uh, 
grind on his irons for, you know, I, he has had it on and off. I don't know if he still has them or not, but he's had to have it um, just because he, you know, needs a little bit more bounce out of the turf. So, you know, really, you know, like I said, turf interaction kind of shot parameters and, you know, really just understanding the golf club because, you know, you can give me a golf club and be like, yeah, it's great. You know, okay, well, what, what am I looking for here? Cause they're, they're just such small changes. Would you call yourself a gearhead when it comes to equipment in general? Like, do you geek out and love testing different shafts and combos and stuff like that? Or are you more of a guy who kind of finds what he likes and sticks with it? Well, so yes and no. So I actually had a three wood shaft up until last year that I'd had since I was 14 years old. And we no had way. tipped it. Yeah, we had, yeah, we had tipped it a couple times. Um, you know, something that Glenn Mahler, who's still with Titleist, he's, you know, crazy uncle Glenn, he's at TPI now, but when he was on the road, he'd stop in Dallas and he'd work with me when I was a teenager. And, you know, he just said 95% of the stuff that we can do to a golf ball is line locked and the other five is shafts. And so something that was really, you know, I've played a shorter driver and I'll just give you kind of a quick story, but I play about a half inch short driver. And the issue that I had run into was that my three wood was just nuclear. I mean, just like within 10 to 15 yards of my driver, where if I was driving it bad, it's like the hell with it. I'll put, you know, let's go ahead a three wood. And I then was starting to have a massive gap between my four iron and three wood. And, you know, my hybrid would kind of fit somewhere in there, but, you know, having 30 yard gaps is not ideal. So we actually, I went to TPI, I guess it was two years ago and worked out there and I literally said, I want to have a three wood that has the exact same launch, exact same spin, but I needed to go 15 yards shorter. And so we sat there and we were trying to find the right configurations and, and we ended up doing it. And we basically slowed the ball, we slowed the ball speed down, but still had the same launch and spin. So I've had to learn a lot, you know, when it comes to, you know, hot melts and, you know, waiting, um, you know, shafts, I'm, I'm, I'm a 25 handicap when it comes to shafts, just because it's been beat into me since I was, you know, younger. That you know, you can do a lot, but you know, not as much as you can with line loft. So um, that's kind of it. Was kind of that's something that I always like telling people is like, yeah, I actually needed a three with a needed to go 15 yards shorter. <laughs> you mentioned uh, TPI as a fellow very skinny golfer. I'm curious to know what your fitness program looks like, and are you trying to build strength right now to kind of keep up with? distance on uh, on tour these days yeah i mean i'm so i work with damon goddard worked with him for a couple of years see him five days a week when i'm at home um we're starting to get more into the strength building phase um we won't do it till after this summer um you know this summer is going to be a lot of golf for me you know especially when you know texas heat whenever i'm home that's you know 105 the last thing i need to be doing is lifting weights and then trying to keep the same schedule that i've got you know obviously the other part too is if it ain't broke don't fix it so we obviously need to keep doing what we're doing but um you know i definitely something that i have learned over you know this year is you know i I work out a lot, but I do need some more reserves and no, I will not be fitting into some XL shirts like Bryson anytime soon, but <laughs> I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely be starting to throw on a little bit more weight uh, as especially throughout the end of this year. Yeah, I'm curious about your putter. So everybody's kind of got this buzz with arm lock and we see you just kind of burst on the scene and 
and using mm-hmm. the arm lock technique. Talk to us a little bit about that. When did you first make that switch? How did you kind of come to that conclusion that that was the the chosen route to go for you? Yeah, so I started using it a couple of years ago. Uh, Troy Denton is one of my coaches, put it in my hands, and two weeks later, and I'd been playing some decent golf, but a couple of weeks later, I shot 60 out at Bent Tree, which is where I play out of or grew up playing out of in Dallas. Um, you know, I it, yeah, I mean, I, I I love it. Obviously, it's got me. It's helped me get to where I'm at. I've really had to work at it. I mean, the speed aspect of it is not. It's not like you just pick it up and it's a natural thing with speed. I mean, you've really got to work at it, and you've got to find the right weighting and find the right next. I mean, it's. It's not a, you know, it definitely helps with hitting your lines a little bit better. But I mean, I remember when I first picked it up and I was, a, I mean, it looked like a 30 handicap out there trying to get the speed right. Um, <laughs> so I've really, I've really had to work at it over the last couple of years, you know, especially working on speed. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's, it, there's ebbs and flows when it comes to it in the media. I mean, there's some guys, you know, obviously Xander's trying it this week. You know, Billy had talked to, or Billy Horschel had talked about how, you know, he thinks that it should be banned too. And, you know, look, we're all entitled to our opinions. And, you know, I think if they were, if the USGA were to mirror what they did with the anchoring ban, I think it would probably take guys winning multiple majors over the next couple of years um for them to reconsider their stance but i think uh i think for now you know that's still in a little bit of a research phase we're all yeah god i was just gonna say i agree with that 100 percent. if it was a competitive advantage everybody would be doing it and at the end of the day Mm -hmm. still got to get the ball roll and all kinds of ways to do it all kinds of different strokes out there and guys have had success a multitude of ways use a pretty unique grip on that arm lock i'm i'm wondering how like the the stroke kind of feels for you is it all left arm is it left shoulder and how did you kind of come up with that grip so i yeah when i first switched i had it exactly like web where i had the claw a lot lower and my issue was that my left shoulder kept working i would back out of it just because it felt like my hand my right arm was so much lower and so Josh Gregory just said like, Hey, just do something for a second. Just like try to get it to where your elbows are somewhat matching up and let's just see if you stay in your posture better. And went on a nice little run right when we got back. Cause I started doing that, um, during our four month layoff last year and then went on that little run on the corn ferry where I was like six, four, third win. And so I just kind of stuck with it. I mean, you know, it's different. I mean, it's obviously worked for me, you know, and I think Josh, I joke with him. He's got the hardest job in the world because he's like, you know, sees me with an arm lock and an unconventional claw. And it's like, what the hell do you tell this kid? But then, you know, I go out and have days like the first day at Colonial or I make 200 feet of putts the first day. And he's like, well, I guess just do that. I mean, and so, you know, it's, it's just kind of funny, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, i like kind of going back over a couple of years ago, my goal is just to kind of understand my golf game a little better and just see what works. And, you know, I may not tinker with equipment as much, but I'm not afraid to tinker with my golf game. That's for sure. We're all a uh, pretty big masters fans on, on this show as most golfers in the world are. Um, I'm wondering what it was like kind of living every fan's dream and contending on Sunday at the masters. Was it like super pressure packed? Were you crazy nervous on the first tee? No, I thought I was actually more more nervous Saturday being in the final group just because personally it meant something more to me. Um, 
I could have not handled that moment Saturday. And I think it would have, it would have, I don't want to say hampered my confidence, but there was a very good chance that, you know, if I go out and play a nice round of golf, that it just opens the floodgates for the future. It's, I mean, you're on the biggest stage there is and you handled it your first time out. And I thought I did a halfway decent job. Um, you know, so by the time I came to Sunday and being four back, you know, look, you've grinded hard. You've, you've obviously handled a final, you know, being in the final group and, you know, being up around the lead in the major. So, you know, being four back, I mean, there's, you know, you leave nothing behind. And I think, uh, you know, starting off birdie birdie, that was, uh, that was obviously super exciting and, you know, kind of off to the races from there. But yeah, I, I try. I did my best to try to enjoy it as much as I could and try to slow slow it down. And and it still feels like it's funny that it was two months ago because it feels like it was a year ago now. You play a lot of golf with Tony Romo. I'm, I'm curious what those games are like. And have you learned anything from him about being a professional athlete? Has he given you any sort of advice? Yeah, I mean that's something that's been a lot of fun. Um, He's been a big brother to me, and I don't say that just to say it. I mean, he's been deeply invested in in my career. I mean, he's watched a couple of my rounds on PJ Tour Live when I'm T55, and it's completely meaningless just because he wants to see what I'm doing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of great conversations about, you know, the what it's like to be a professional. He's given me stories from his football career and that have helped me. And the other part, too, is that, He's also so deeply addicted to golf and it's just, it's so fun to be around him. And, but the thing that's funny is that he has questions for the game that I just don't have the answers to. Like there's just some things that I have no idea and that helps me. I mean, I've got to go find the answers. I mean, if I don't know it, I mean, it's my job. I mean, he's out there doing it for leisure. And if I don't have the answers, I mean, I don't think I'm doing my job right. Will Zalatoris, AKA Willie Z. I know you have uh, places to <laughs> right now, but uh, we really appreciate the time. Congrats on all the success so far, and keep it, keep it going. Keep it pushing, man. Yeah. Just, yeah, just want to throw, throw out, if you can find uh, Will at Will Zalatoris on Instagram, and I know you and Max are going to be talking about your big challenge on June 10th. Again, Will, thanks again. Good luck, Tori. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. And thanks to Will Zalatoris for the time. I'm sure Turski's looking forward to the next time that we get a chance to chat with uh, the rising star. That'll do it for episode 95 of Fully Equipped. As always, if you're looking for more gear news, you can find us on social media. We are at Fully Underscore Equipped on Twitter and at Fully Equipped Golf on Instagram. Enjoy the U.S. Open. Hope for carnage. And we will see you next week.